Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, we'll be sharing an inspiring message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Give the Holy Spirit a round of applause. God told me to preach about the heart of that consolidator. And it sounds like Terminator, but Consolidator is a good person. Don't worry. But I want to preach about the heart of a Consolidator because that's what this church is all about. Yes? Um, the first thing that I want you to know about the heart of a Consolidator is that it's a, it's a selfless person. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write that down. Selfless. Uh, you know, recently, just last week, I received a, phone, a text message, rather, uh, of a person that is really close to me. And in her text message, she, she was very confused about her faith. She was very confused about what it meant to stand up for justice and what it meant to defend others that are in need. She, she thought that her loudness and her controversial comments were a manifestation of the love that she had for these people that she thinks she's standing up against. She was so confused because when I read the word of God, the word of God says something different about what it looks like to love others. When you look in John 15, 13, it says, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. There is no greater love, no greater manifestation of love, no greater manifestation of justice than to lay down your life for a friend. Yes, it's nice to fight for others. It's very noble. But no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And Jesus did that. And not only did he do that, he went an extra mile. Because Jesus, not only did he die for his friends, he died also for his enemies. And the Bible says in Romans 5a, it says, God demonstrated his love for us by sending us Christ to die for us even bless you while we were still his enemies even while we we were still his enemies you know one might die for a loved one you we, we I might die for a loved one for my husband and for my baby for sure for my mom my brother and I might even die for a friend or two maybe one <laughs> but how many of you guys would die for an enemy how many of us will take the punishment of, an, of, of one of our enemies, the punishment that they deserve so that they can just walk away as if, it, if they never did anything? How many of us will take the punishment that someone else deserves for what they did to us? But Jesus did that. Jesus died for us while we were still his enemies. And to me, that's the greatest demonstration of love. That's the greatest way that you can show justice in this world. By laying down your life for others. And a consolidator lays down their life for someone else. You know, that's the ultimate act of selfless love. And we are called to imitate that kind of love. That's why that's what when you and I take our precious time and we invest in going to have a cup of coffee with someone. When we take our precious money and we invite them over to the movies because they're broke like a joke all the time. And when you take the time and you just want to sleep and you just really don't want it sometimes. I'm just being honest. But you just say, no, I'm going to go out with this person. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to treat them for this meal. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to cry with them. I'm going to laugh with them. I'm going to eat with them. 
you're being like Christ because you're laying down your life for those people. We are called to be imitators of Christ. We are don't, we, when we do that, guys, and you all have done it. Raise your hand if you've done this for somebody, spending time with them. Yeah. Why do we do this? I, I, when I was putting together this message, I, I felt that God was saying, remind them why. Remind them why they do what they do. Okay. Remind them why, says the Lord. We're doing something, you know, for the benefit of someone else. When you and I go out of our way to try to get someone closer to Jesus, and not just closer, but to show them Jesus. Not just to tell them about it. It's so easy to get up here and preach to someone about the love of Jesus. But what about when you need to get off the stage and walk with them to their house when a loved one is dying? That is being Jesus. We are called to imitate him, to be like him. Because he laid his life down for his enemies. For you and me. That enemy, it was you. It was me. Tell the person next to you, you were an enemy. And you know what's crazy? That sometimes when we invest our, this time and this money and all that, sometimes we don't even see no results. I don't want you to raise your hand, but many of us have been there. When you don't see, sometimes results. Sometimes the people that you're spending your time, your money, your resources into, sometimes they even just walk away, right? Let's be real. They forget to say thank you, right? Because we're not doing it for that anyways. But you know what? They may not recognize what you do, but there is someone that recognize your labor and the Bible says that one day we will show up up there and he will say welcome good and faithful preacher good and faithful worship leader good and faithful pastor good and faithful servant because he laid down his life for his enemies we are to lay down our life for the people that Jesus died for why do we do this why do we lay down our lives so that marriages won't end up in divorce. So that children won't end up in a broken family, fatherless, motherless. In a family where drugs and addictions are the, 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 the thing of every day. Why do we do this? So that girls will know that they're valuable, that they're loved, that they don't need to beg for love. That they have a prize and the prize, was what, they were, what they're worth is what Jesus was, was willing to pay for them. His own life. That's why we do what we do. We do it so, so, so for the young man that his dad left them when he was young. And he doesn't know what the love of a father looks like. We do it so that he can stand a chance to know and feel and understand what a true father does. What the love of a father is all about. For them. Because he laid his life down for his enemies. We need to lay down our life. You know. I, I believe that God is looking for not just leaders. He's looking for spiritual parents. Man, I teach. I'm a teacher. I teach fifth grade. And every single year, without fail, I have students with broken families. No dad, no mom, or just grandma in the picture. You know, when my husband and I, Frank, you guys know him over there, the, the morenito back there. He's really hot. He's really hot. <laughs> Your love is crashing. No, no, no. 
when, when we were young, <laughs> er, younger, in our first encounter, God gave us a prophecy through Pastor Lou. And he told us, uh, you will have children, he said. But before you do so, you will be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. He said to us through this, through this, um, uh, to, to this prophecy, he said, you will be the father and mother of many many fatherless children generations and then I'll give you your your children your own and you know through through this whole time that we've been doing ministry that we've been working with people God has brought to us time after time after time men and women fatherless motherless that were abandoned and God has given he's given us this love like I we were we had this i don't know if my husband would agree with me but we had always this feeling of like those are my kids like those are my children they're like pretty big you know but they're my kids raise your hand if you're my spiritual child here in this place <laughs> and i don't even look like i gave birth <laughs> but but god has deposited that kind of love in all of you you don't need a prophecy over your life to tell you that you need to be a spiritual mom and dad to somebody. Because the love of Jesus Christ lives in you. And you are to be a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. You're supposed to bridge the gap. So that they, when they think about God as a father, they don't have a, the wrong picture of what kind of father God is. We're supposed to show them, look, this is what love looks like. This is what it looks like to be taken care of. Even if your father, your earthly father was not there for you, did not show you what it was like, you have a father in heaven and his love looks like this. Look, let's go have some coffee. What do you need? Do you need me to help you fill out your application? Do you want to come over and help me clean the house in Jesus' name? Be a mother. Be a father. Tell the person next to you, give birth. Be a mom. Tell them. Jesus came to fill the void that is in everyone's heart. But if we don't tell them, even, no, no, no. If we don't show them, people don't care to know. They want to see. They want to feel. Yes? They don't care to know what you tell them. They care, they care to know that you care enough to be there. You fill the gap. We don't just send them out with the great message. We go with them until they get to where God wants them to get. Amen? That's what we do when we consolidate people. That's what we do when we bring them over. We don't just give birth and bring people to Christ and leave them there alone. We don't do that. Because like Christ, we are called to lay down our lives. Amen? So the heart of that consolidator is selfless. Say, I am selfless. Amen. Second thing about the heart of that consolidator is he values or she values the plans of God above his own or her own. You know, sometimes we Christians, we're very funny. We're very cute. <laughs> funny. We're very funny because we're very forgetful sometimes. We pray this prayer that says, God, Jesus, I give you my life. 
be my Savior, be my Lord. We pray the prayer and we ask Him those things and we mean them and we tell Him, be my Lord. And to be the Lord of someone, of something, it means that that person, you have given that person complete authority over your life, over what you own, over who you are, over your plans, over your futures. The Lord is Lord of all or Lord of nothing. And when we made that prayer, we say, be my Lord, we gave him our life. But little by little, we forget that we did that and we start taking it back. And then we say things, funny things like, I can't go to church because I have schoolwork. As if my time is my own. And then we say, no, no, I can't give my tithes and my offerings because I have to pay rent. As if my money is my own. And then we give away our hearts to the wrong people. And we let them break them. As if our hearts don't belong to Jesus. As if his heart was not broken so that yours could be healed. So it's not your heart anymore. What can he do with the broken heart? Only fix it. My life is not my own. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Jesus and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I'm dead. Alba die. Jesus lives in her now. When we give our life to Jesus, we are dying with him. But we're also resurrecting with him. And now I don't live. Not what I want. Not what I think. Not what I feel. Now it's what he thinks. What he feels. What he wants to do. It's not my time. It's his time. It's not my money. It's his money. And it's not my heart to give away. It's his heart to give. Because my life is no longer mine. Tell the person next to you, you don't have a life. <laughs> and you know what is so super duper cool? That when you give your life to Jesus, man, he wants to use it. Can you believe that? He wants to use you. He wants to use me. Me, a girl that was raised in Mexico and a little house we didn't even have a floor it was dirt and little flowers will come out of the dirt and I was very happy because there were little flowers we were so poor I didn't even know we were poor I lived in this little room and that room was the kitchen the bedroom and we had a restroom outside just a hole on the floor that's how I learned to do squats <laughs> it was awesome it was awesome and he said that he wants to use someone like me whose dad died when I was 15 years old. I was broken, struggling with my life, raising my own brother, came to the, came to the United States when I was 17 years old all by myself. Because I did not have God then. I heard of him. I even went to church. I even grew up in church, but I did not know him. Did you know that that's possible? It is possible to be sitting here week after week, day after day, and you know, you know not who God is. 
and he said, I want to use you. So he encountered me. I had my encounter with Jesus. One day I was working as a substitute in a school in the parking lot right there. The Holy Spirit, I gave my life to Jesus. That's, I knew for reals. I knew for sure this is it. And when, you know, when he says, when we say it's not our life, it's his life, he wants to use it. He has plans for you. Tell the person next to you, he has, he's got some good plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, just so happens, it says, his plans for us are to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. Okay, he wants to give us hope and a future. Not hope for the future. Hope and a future. That means that he wants to give you hope for every situation. And on top of that, he's got a future reserved for you. So you don't got to worry about your future. Many people don't have a future. They're, they're dying slowly. There's no purpose in their lives. But he says to you and to me, I have hope and a future for your life. Hope for every situation and a future. You know, many of us, we were going nowhere really fast before we encountered Jesus. Can you hear an amen for that? I almost dated the wrong guy. <laughs> I said I almost. But the plans of God for our lives are good of hope and a future. So when you give your life to, to God, to Christ, you don't have to worry. What is he going to ask of you? Where is he going to take you? What is he going to take away from me? Don't worry. His future for you is good. If you don't have Jesus in your present, then you don't have hope for your future. And today he wants to give you hope. If you don't have Jesus as I speak right now, if you have no Jesus, in your present right now, tonight you can encounter him. Tonight you can begin to live the purpose of God for you today. Is anybody excited about that? Come on, give Jesus a round of applause. Man, we lost so much when we gave our life to Jesus. We lost our sadness. We lost our loneliness. We lost our darkness. We lost some weight. <laughs> some of us. We lost some, we lost some really bad boyfriends and really bad girlfriends. Thank you, Jesus. We lost a lot of things that we did not need. Amen. And what did we gain? He took us out of darkness. Somebody there lost a bad boyfriend. It's okay. It's okay. Praise Jesus for that. We gave him our darkness and he gave us his light. So we shine the light of, through the light of Jesus, with the light of Jesus. We gave him our sadness and he gave us his joy. We gave him our awkwardness and now we walk like we belong. Like we know who we are. I'm a child of God. I used to walk like this. Now I walk like this and like this. Nah. Just for Frank. Just for Frank. Just for Frank. <laughs> Out of the darkness and to your glorious day. He took us out of darkness. 
Some of us thought we had it good because we thought that getting distracted week after week after week, that was the life. We thought that, you know, having all these friends that you can get drunk with and then the next day they're nowhere to be found. And, and we thought that that was the life. Like, I had it good. And when I gave my life to Christ, I can't I can do any of that no more, man. I, I lost all my, all my hangovers. I lost, like, you know, I used to spend a lot of money. And I don't, can't do that no more. I lost like all those, going to all those clubs where, where, where I was shaking and you could shake it for Jesus too. In the good way. Uh, not shake it like that, but shake it like this. You know, we don't got, we, we can be sad people when we're in the presence of God. If he took our sadness, if he, if he took our darkness and our loneliness, then when we come to the house of God, when we walk every day in life, we need to walk with a smile. With a real smile. Look at the person next to you. Let's see if you can see Jesus in them. Tell them, smile. Smile. Because you were in darkness and now you're in light. Because you were lost and now you're found. You were broken and now you're put together again. You were useless and now you're useful. For the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Man, how can, that's what, that's why we consolidate people. That's why we tell them about Jesus. Because we got something that they need. It's called Jesus. And they need that. So they got to hear about him. Amen. And the last thing I want to share with you guys, the last thing that a consolidator is or does, is he or she, they share Jesus. You share Jesus. Simple. Because that consolidator believes you, I, a child of God, believes that the solution for the pain in this world is Jesus Christ. Even though God gets blamed for all that evil in the world. You guys heard in the news uh, just the recent terror attack, right? New Zealand. It's about time before someone blames God for that. God always gets blamed for the evil of people. Evil is the absence of good. Evil is the absence of God. There's evil in this world because we kick God out of our schools. There's evil in this world because we want to kick him out of our country. And we don't want to do what he tells us to do. We want to do what I feel like doing. It's my body. It's my life. Well, it's your suffering then too. Don't blame God for something that he despises. And even then, he's still healing. Even then, with this ungrateful society that we keep telling, telling him, get out of my life. Even then, he stays there. He's the only person that I know that when you kick them out, they don't leave. His love is so stubborn for you. And people need to know that. People need to know that the love of God is like nothing they've ever, ever encountered in their lives. It's relentless. It doesn't give up on us. Tell the person next to you, he doesn't give up on you. The solution to this world is Jesus. 
You know, there's a lot of people suffering in this world. You probably might even know someone right now that is suffering. Maybe through broken marriage. Maybe a broken relationship. Maybe loss of a loved one. A job. Anything. There's so much suffering in this world, man. And people know trials. And people know pain very well. But they don't know the one that overcame pain. They know brokenness in this world. But they don't know the one that overcame this world. That's why they live their lives like that. Look at what John 16, says. I have told you all this. This is Jesus talking to us. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Not peace in the security of your job and your savings account and your retirement plan. Not peace in your marriage that is so happy and let's focus in my family and my own little world, my own little kids. That's what gives me peace. And the security and safety of family. That is nice. But he says you can only find peace in me. Jesus is the anchor for our soul. He's immovable. Many things can happen, but if you have Jesus in your life, you can withstand the storms. He's not saying that we're not going to go through storms, but he says that when we go through them, we will stay still. We will stand still. We will make it through. We're going to come out of that storm a little wet, but we're going to come out very victorious. And then we're going to go get all those other people in the storm out of it as well. Because we can find peace in Jesus, the anchor for our soul. You know, we can do so, and in humans, humans, we do all kinds of things to try to stop the pain. We, we call it justice. We call it fighting for rights and human rights and civil movements and all these things that we do to try to stop the evil in this world. And you can even make laws to take the gun out of a, at the hand of a man. But unless you replace that gun with Jesus... That man is going to find something else to hurt people. Do you understand that? The problem is not in the gun. The problem is in the heart. And people try to take things away from their lives and try really hard to do some other things to get better. But unless we replace those things with Jesus... There's always going to be that pain in our lives. There's always going to be that evil. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. And we need to, we need him because we need to live like him. Think like him. Act like him. Did you know that once this world was perfect? Did you know the once when men walked the earth, on the earth, the presence, the manifest the presence of God was with him all the time? And did you know that it was perfect? There was no pain. There was no sorrow. There was no deceit. There was no war. It was perfect because the will of God reigned on the earth. Everything he wanted was done. But what happened? Men started saying, I want. I feel. I think. And when men started thinking that what he felt and what he thought and what he wanted was more important than what God wanted and what God thought and what God felt, sin entered. And with sin, death entered. Death was never in God's plans. 
That's why the Bible says that he planted eternity in the hearts of human beings. That's why we feel so awkward about death. That's why we don't like death. And we feel that it's unfair when somebody dies. Do you know why? Because God put it in your heart, the desire to live forever. Because he made us eternal beings. We were meant always to live forever. Pain was not his idea. Death was not his idea. Suffering was never his idea. Sin brought all those things to us. But you know what? Just like death, pain entered through a man, healing, purpose, eternal life also came through a man. The man, of, the man Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And maybe Adam, the man, the first man on earth, ruined it for us. But Jesus came and redeemed it all for us. So that we can live forever, eternally with Him by His side. And we don't need to wait to die until we die to, to have heaven on earth. If you follow the ways of God, if you think like God thinks, if you behave like He behaves, if you obey His word, you can start feeling a little bit of heaven on earth. You know how many marriages will be a lot happier if they were Christ-like? You know how many children will not be fatherless or motherless or abandoned if, they, if their parents were Christ-like? You know how many women will respect themselves and love themselves and not be so insecure if the men were more Christ-like? The solution is not what we can fight for. The solution is found in the one that fought for us and won it all for us. His name is Jesus Christ and He's still doing it nowadays. He's still knocking at people's hearts, telling them it's not over. It's, I have a plan for you. Don't give up. I can do, I can, I can bring dead bones to life. He can bring dead situations to life. He can give you a husband or a wife. It's never too late. Tell the person, no, just kidding. He says in his word, come to me all of you who are tired and troubled and heavy-hearted and I will give you rest for your soul come to me all of you who are tired and troubled and heavy-hearted and I will give you rest for your soul if this is you I want you to stand up tonight as the lights dim if there's anything in your heart if you're troubled if you're heavy-hearted if something is burdened in you, if you've lost hope for your future, if you're walking and you're like a, the walking dead, you look alive but you're really dying with no purpose, with no joy. Your life feels like a routine. You're a slave of your job, of your bank accounts, of a relationship. If you fall in any of these categories, if you still feel fear about dying and you fear your future what your future holds I want you to know that he's telling you today come to me Jesus is telling you come to me all of you who are tired troubled heavy-hearted and I will give you rest 
for your soul this is you come all the way to the altar come all the way to the front I want to pray with you I want to pray that Jesus love encounters you today that his peace that surpasses all understanding will come into you tonight and if you've never known Jesus if you don't know him if you've never asked him to be your Lord and your Savior will you repeat this prayer with me tonight say dear Jesus I repent from my sin I don't want to live alone anymore I don't want to carry my own burdens I don't want to carry my sin I give it to you tonight and in return I receive your righteousness I give you my sadness and in exchange I receive your joy Jesus come into my heart save me be the Lord of my life teach me how to live I want the hope and future that you talked about my life is yours I don't want to live my own ways I want to live your way help me teach me I surrender tonight God is restoring the purpose for people here tonight. Their identity was found in something they did and what people thought about them. And then when people stop respecting you and when people no longer admire you, you felt like your life was crumbling down and you said, who am I then? And God is saying to you, you are my child. That's who you are. You are mine. That's all that matters. I think you're amazing, says God. I love you so much. Every day, as I see you stand up, get off your bed, I long to be with you. I see you as you, as you cook for your family, as you take care of your baby. And it reminds me, that I am like that too I'm caring I'm loving I care for you says God I have a future for you I have a future for you even though you think everything was lost God is telling you I have a future for you God is saying to people here that are single and have lost hope of ever getting married he's saying no no nothing is impossible for me there's nothing I can't do ask and it shall be given to you says God ask and it shall be given to you my will is perfect my will is good my will for you for your life is to prosper you to give you hope and a future God is saying I have someone for you. 
Jesus' name, would you raise your hands to heaven? We need to tell people about this Jesus, this amazing Jesus that makes a way when they, where there is no way. We need to tell people about this Jesus that heals the brokenhearted. We need to tell people about this Jesus that heals. About this Jesus that gives eternal life. About this Jesus that loves unconditionally. We need to tell them. How will they know unless we speak? Raise your hand to heaven. God, I ask you, Lord, that every single one of us here tonight, that you will impart a special anointing for us to share the gospel, to share Jesus, that everywhere we go, everyone we see, that we will feel this burden to tell them about you. Help us, Lord, to bring the solution to the pain of this world, which is you. Help us, Daddy, to share with people, with their broken families, with their broken marriages, with suicidal people, God. Take us to them to tell them that there is hope and a future for them. There is hope. There is a future. We want to go and tell them about this. So use us, use us, God. Use our lives. Use our lives. Come on, just tell him, use me, God. Use me. Use my life. I want to share Jesus with the world. I want to share you, Jesus. Just tell him in your own words. Just tell him in your own words. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are the solution. You are the one. This world needs you. This gen generation needs you, God. We need you. We need you, Jesus. You're the solution. You're the answer. You're the way. You're the truth. You're the life. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are the way. The only way. You are the only truth and the only true life. Come to us. Help us share you. We need you. We need you. Let your kingdom come to this earth. Let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. In our lives. Let your will be done in our lives. As it is in heaven. We love you, Jesus. Why don't you just hug a person next to you and tell them, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a future for you. Hug somebody. Nobody should be without being hugged. Tell them, Jesus has a future for you. He has hope for you. He has a future for you. And if you've never known the love of a father, he will show you. Come on, somebody hug somebody. Nobody should be left alone. Three, four people's fine. There's people here I see they're not being hugged. Hug them. Tell them, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. How about we give him a shout of praise tonight? Because he's amazing. 
You're amazing, Jesus. You're so awesome. That floor just got anointed. God bless you guys as you exit. Say hi to people. We'll see you here on Sunday, 9 a.m. God bless you guys. Have a good night.